right, Coach John Daly here back again with our uh, fourth part in our breakthrough series uh, from Dr. John Maxwell. Um, I have Denise Kovac on the end of my line all the way from Canada. And Denise, it's great to see you. And uh, thank you for taking the time out to, to talk about, you know, some breakthroughs and um, those turning points in life that we all go through. And they're not pre-numbered. It's not like, you know, okay, I've had my nine now. I'm not going to have any more, you know. It can be one or two. It could be dozens for some people. Um, so I do appreciate you taking the time to to share some reflections and some thoughts on this, because not only, like we said in our pre-conversation, it's very therapeutic for us to go through this and bounce things back and forth. But uh, the listeners of the show definitely will get some different things, too. So uh, how you doing, Denise? Thanks for showing up and uh, appreciate your help. How you doing? I'm doing really well, John, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, again, just an honor to to be part of your show um, and show 700. Wow, wow! I I remember show 500 we were doing, and uh, now you're back to it. And I, you know, I think about back to the days when I started listening to your show and the impact that you had, and think of how many shows you've done since then and you still continue to impact me but all mm. the other people so congratulations it's it's a real accomplishment well, so. thank you thank you for the compliment and the encouragement but also thank you for reaching out years ago um from listening to the show and that's that's what's uh, very intriguing about this whole podcasting thing to yeah. where you can get connected with people all over the place mm-hmm. just from sharing stuff from our heart just from star- sharing um things that can connect and help improve uh, people's lives and people can take information, run with it and do some different things. So it took guts for you to reach out and, and send something really, because, you know, there's a lot of people that I think, listen, uh, Sam Crowley brought this up the other day that you'll never hear from, which is fine, which yeah. is totally fine. It's not supposed to be where I talk with every listener. If they reach out like you did, that, that, that says something that really, uh, because you've, you're helping me and you've helped develop this group, the difference makers and, uh, it's just wonderful the way things kind of the doors that open up when you first start things out. I agree. I agree. And, and I love the fact that we've come together. I was telling someone about our group today and, you know, she said, well, have you ever met them? Have you guys ever met? And I just think, no, not yet. I said, we're spread all over well, the States and then the lone Canadian. Up That's here. Right. So That's I'm right. the we've, Northern member. We've just met through this screen right here. That yeah, I'm exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. Which makes a difference. Um, so I know you've had some time to reflect on this since you're the um, cleanup hitter in our in our series here um, <laughs> in the in the in the fourth batting spot here. Um, <laughs> have there been I know there's been ter- plenty of turning points for you. Um, some days they're little ones. Uh, other times it's, they're big ones. Um, is there a couple ones that you want to take us down a little pathway to, to share with us to uh, to help us understand that this is OK, what we're going through it and the stuff we can learn from it and the. You know, we pick ourselves back up and uh, we celebrate and whatever it is, yep. is there something that you can share? Yeah, actually, uh, this was this was a really uh, good exercise for me to go through. I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier about it's it's therapeutic and it very much was right. It started me thinking from childhood, to teen years, you know, into, you know, and on into my I'm, I'm on the I'm on the tail end of the 40s i'm gonna hit the big 5-0 this year yeah i'm joining the 50 club it's my, my rite of passage um but so and i actually were, was able to i actually had to pare down the list so you know i i looked back one of the, the the real breakthroughs for me um was in childhood 
right? Mm. My, my experiences with bullying and um, both being bullied and being a bully. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, when I was in elementary school, um, I was verbally bullied. Uh, you know, they, you know, they called any of the kids who had a dog, they called them flea bag. Well, I was the kid that ran after them and chased them and reacted. So of course that nickname stuck. And despite the teachers and the principals, um, best efforts to to try to to deal with that. Uh, any teachers out there, please don't address it in front of the entire class like my go. teachers did. Love that. But wow. you know, despite that, uh, in my later years of elementary school, um, I actually ended up participating in bullying with another student. And I remember this this boy Bryant, and he was a quiet, gentle boy. And the other kids picked on him. And one day we were all walking home from school and um, they started, they saw him and they started chasing him because they were, they were threatening him and they were starting to chase. And for some reason, I don't know what snapped in my childhood brain, but I joined in that mm. and I joined in the pack chasing him and we were approaching a train track job and a train was coming. This kid, Brian, I still remember to this day what he looked like and what his last name is. I won't say it here, but he lived on the other side of the train tracks. And he, rather than face us as his bullies, he decided he just narrowly made it across that train track. And like within seconds, he could have been killed. And that was a turning point for me. Um, I realized I would never treat another human being that day. I turned, I walked away and I'm like, I've been bullied right myself. What am I doing? I think it was really one of the first times that I experienced, I didn't know what it was then, but kind of like some call it self hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in junior high, so for those of you who who may be younger and listening and don't know what junior high is, uh, it's grade seven and eight. We went to a separate school way back then. I was bullied again. Um, this time it was physical threats. There was a couple of girls. Um, I won't I won't name them, but they would get uh, you know a group of people a circle around me in school on the you know in the play yard, and physically threaten me. Um, you know, so I've got these two girls with a big group of people around who were cheering them on, and they were threatening to beat me up. And John, I was scared. I was really scared. Uh, like at recess, I would hide in the classroom and I would offer to, okay, I'm going to age myself here, clean the blackboard erasers to avoid the bullies. And again, something clicked and I thought, I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Now there was a teacher there, Mrs. Doran. I still remember she was my math teacher who knew something was up and she encouraged me, um, you know, to face whatever it was because I wouldn't tell her what it was. And um, so I did. I went outside and the girls, you know, again, circled me and I shoved one of them. And I said, I can push, push to bleep. I won't say the word. It's a family program here. (laughs) Um, But, and they were stunned and the bullying stopped. So Mm. that really gave me the courage to learn to stand up for myself. Right. And it's also probably John, the reason why I always root for the underdog in a movie or a story. But so, and, and, you know, that is carried on in my life, actually, like I do tend to look out for the person who's being excluded, or if somebody is is being because adults bully each other, if somebody is being mm-hmm. bullied, um, really trying to encourage them. Um, actually, now that I think about it, I was bullied again in, uh, in my career, I worked for believe it or not, an HR manager, 
who bullied me. Mm. And um, that was another turning point because I left the company rather than doing what I had told hundreds of, okay, not hundreds, but many other employees working in HR myself to do, just report it. We'll investigate it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nope. I quit. <laughs> right. I quit. Mm. And so that really, again, taught me, gave me a great deal of empathy in supporting the employees as an HR professional that are dealing with bullying and understanding why bullying can go on for years in a workplace before somebody brings it forward. Mm. So, amazing. yeah. So, um, and then have you, have you had any experiences like that around bullying, either seen it yourself or experienced it? Absolutely. I'm taking notes here and, um, you know, put down the bullying about taking it and giving it. And I said, brings memories back for me on both. Yeah. Because when, when you, I think it's good to admit it. Um, uh, and, and it does develop, it does develop our people skills, our empathy, our connections with others, um, to see things in those moments, especially that story, where you're chasing uh, that kid, the Brian, running across the train tracks. And it, it finally hits you like, yeah. holy crap, this could have really turned out yeah. horribly. And you hear about stories like this all throughout our lives um, where something's going on like that and then a tragedy happens. Yeah, And it just breaks, breaks your heart that that could have almost happened. So to hear that that had a big impact on you, the middle school uh, incidents with, with the two girls, Miss Bourne, the teacher, you can still come up with her name like that because she made such a difference with you. Yep, um, she did. And I wonder, did any of this help you to become an educator, to help you to get into a career of, of helping youth, helping young people? Did you think back, is this, was this a turning point when you were deciding, you know, as far as what to do in life and stuff to, uh, to help you kind of figure things out? You know, John, I think it, that's a really good question. I think at that point in time in my life, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was actually in my mid, my early twenties. But now that you, now that you say that, I think that that would have definitely been an influencing factor in like both my careers, my career working, you know, as an officer with the military, working with cadets or cadets. And then um, also in the fact that this, the job that I accepted now, right? Working with the school board and uh, just the link between between H- the HR profession and being able to help youth and help kids because kids go through a lot, right? So yeah, I never thought of that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really and good insight. Thank you. You brought up the other key point. Yes, this typically bullying always gets focused in on kids, especially in yeah. schools. But yeah. you brought up the adults, which... Right. Um, I think that just takes a, a toll on everybody and adults need help with this because I, I know plenty of adults too that yeah. are bullies. And uh, so you bring up a good point. I don't know the answer uh, to that other than finding it out ourselves and maybe getting some help with, you know, some books and some podcasts and, and starting to make changes because we, Hey, we're adults. We can own up and yep. take responsibility. And uh, so you brought up a very good point about that too, that, there needs to be things for adults. And you've already mentioned, you've seen that. How important would that be to kind of develop something or to have avenues and channels to help some adults? Because we all need it. It doesn't matter the profession. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And looking at it from the, you know, as an HR professional, mm. um, 
you know, we do primarily what, what I end up doing is there's a complaint right now. There's a complaint that comes in regarding bullying, right? I deal with lots of things, but, but bullying is one of the things and we investigate it, right? It's a formally, it can be, it can be, can be a, a go to a formal investigation. We try to do, um, frontline uh, mediation and conflict resolution. But if you have a true bully and someone who knows they're bullying and they, they're, they're not interested in stopping, then that that's not going to work. Right. Sometimes it's a full investigation, but you know, the one thing I think about is where's the support for the individual who's being bullied, Mm -hmm. right? Where's the support for them or how to deal with things and deal with bullying. Like you're saying at, when, when it first starts to happen, I didn't know when I was bullied, right, by another HR professional of, of all the things. She was my boss, right? I had done investigations before, but I didn't know how to deal with it myself. So, yeah, I think that that would be a, a really good resource for people, right? Yeah, there should be some ways instead of just reporting it, yeah, letting the HR person handle it all. If the other employees just had the foundation of understanding and compassion and caring uh, to step in, yeah, to, to maybe not you know not stop it physically, but at the same time uh, start having some conversations uh, yeah. of both, hey, what's going on, and hey, are you okay? And that's the key thing that yeah. in asking the question, are you okay, and it being okay to have to actually answer and answer authentically because so often in the workplace it's yeah yeah no no i'm fine i'm fine right um and sorry i'm thinking about there's a song lyric there's a song around that right one of my favorite songs and and it, it and and that's the case it's showing your emotions and being authentic in the workplace is just starting to become acceptable. And it's so important with who we are as human beings, right? So it's true that uh, I think it's one of just, there are so many lessons uh, that I think have come out of this pandemic over the last one on three plus years now that um, I think some of us are grasping onto others seem to be missing it. And, Mm -hmm. and it's not just the lessons from the pandemic. I think there's things that there's lessons presented every day. But this high pressure thing that we've all been through, the whole world, right? This isn't just one little city. Um, The whole world has been through this. And I think there's so many lessons for us to learn. And this is one of them. This um, self-realization that it's okay to ask for help, but it's also okay to reach out and offer help, you know, and and to not only um, lean on other people, but to be leaned on as well, to, to you know, look for that crutch, but also to be that crutch for somebody um, and start the process of kind of looking out for each other a little bit more. Uh, because I think so many people, you know, as they say, you know, three to nine, you know, different forks in the road and transformations that we all go through in life. Um, seeing that empathy from other people that, hey, yeah. you know what, going through stuff. Yeah, what you're talking about, Denise, is um, a lot about what uh, Gary V, Gary Vanderchuk talks about in his new book, uh, 12 and a Half. And these emotional um, skills that he talks about, these soft skills that so many people uh, look at uh, being a weakness um, that he's talking about in business uh, and in life, they're so valuable. Uh, The gratitude, the self-awareness, the accountability, optimism, empathy, kindness, tenacity, curiosity, patience, conviction, humility, and ambition. And then the the half 
is kind candor. So that's the one that he is um, viewing himself as working on to improve in mixing What's it kind in. Candor? Uh, just being able to offer feedback, uh, you know, kindly. In other words, um, constructive criticism, but not doing it in so such a fashion where you destroy the person. You know, yeah. uh, you give them honest feedback, but it's also encouraging. It's also, hey, I'm here to fix it because he takes the viewpoint of as being an employer, everything's my fault. I yeah. hired you. You know, if you made a mistake, you know, it's on both of us. I'm I'm here to help you fix it. Um, and the scenarios, so I'm in the back end of the book where he's talking about all these different scenarios where you would implement any of these 12 things. And yeah. one of them did bring up the fact about bullying, you know, adults. Yep. And he brings up the empathy and the patience in that understanding that that person who's doing the bullying, and it's always been said, hurting people hurt others. In other words, those people that are hurting inside in their lives, yep. and we don't know what's going on in their life. And so if we yep. can take a step back instead of, you know, jumping on the offensive and criticizing the crap out of them, right? to try and understand, hey, if they're bullying people and pushing people around and being mean, what's going on in their life? You know? Yep, absolutely. And we as adults should hopefully have, not all of us do, and I struggle with it a lot of times, the common sense to to try and help, especially if it's in an arena where um, it's a big part of our life, our job, our relationships, you know, home, family, neighborhoods, you know, that's a big part of our life to take that step back. Like we talked about uh, earlier about asking, Hey, are you okay? Or hey, whoa, whoa, what's yeah. going on? Why are you coming at me like this? Um, and I think if we can implement some of these things in our lives, uh, it'd be a heck of a lot better. Um, and I love the point that you brought up and I, I circled it. Um, when you talked about your, your teacher, Ms. Bourne and kind of stepped in, kind of talked to you, helped you to find the courage, right? Yeah just to say enough, get away from me. You know, yeah. I, Hey, you want to play this game? I can too. That's a pivotal turning point where we can find courage in ourselves just by standing up. Sure. It might be physical, uh, but just reaching out for help or just talking to somebody, having the courage to do that instead of quitting, running away. Yep. Let me find a new job. Let me move, you know, um, which are all solutions, but the courage part, I'd like you to go back to that maybe it's been that and some other things that you've been through uh, in your life that have shown you, Hey, you're, you're courageous. you got some courage. You know, and what you're saying really made me think John, a couple of points, right. Um, we'll go back to the bullying when I was in elementary school and it, it made me remember that it was probably about 10 years ago. I actually had one of the bullies, uh, one of the guys who bullied me in elementary school, reach out to me on Facebook and, he sent an apology, wow. a really what felt like a heartfelt apology for for the bullying, right? And talked about, he said he'd been a little bleep in school and da, 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 and he apologized for it. And, you know, and I responded back to him, thanking him for that, right? And recognizing the courage that it took to do that. But that then translates, I'm just thinking into my professional life. And looking at, you know, dealing with the bullies in the workplace. And of course, we always deal with the impact on the individuals who are being bullied. That is always foremost. And I'm by no mind, no means um, minimizing that. 
but I'm also when you say courage, it's it's making me think about the courage as an HR professional to say, mm-hmm. okay, but what are we? We're, we're definitely want to support those individuals who are being bullied. That's not tolerable in the workplace. But we don't look at just like you said. Why are the bullies doing that? And and even what I just said earlier when we were chatting, that you know it almost sounded like they know they're bullying, right? They may know they're bullying, but just like this guy that bullied me so many years ago in elementary school and was probably a bully through his entire life, he obviously was going through something, mm-hmm. right? You know, to to cause him to do that. So, you know, even taking that compassionate look at the individuals who are engaging in bullying. Right. Um, Like when I whenever I investigate, you know, one of my prime um, principles when I investigate is to investigate with compassion. And that's for both the complainant and the respondent. Um, But I think I'm going to, you know, give some thought into taking it a step further from that. And uh, rather than just having individuals who are found to be bullying or reviewing the harassment, discrimination policies in the workplace and whatnot, you know, seeing what else is there and how else they can be supported. Otherwise it's just going to happen again. Right. Yeah. Um, Yep. So, and giving people that, that second chance, if they're genuinely willing to, Mm. but you know, you were were talking about, um, you know, other things in my other things in my life and, you know, other turning points. And I've, I've got, I've got, kind of two two other uh ones two to three other ones that i was talking about do we have time for two to three sure we can make it quick for sure absolutely so one of them i'm thinking about was in 2014 my father passed away Mm -hmm. and you know his health had been declining over several years um it was still a shock right i don't know i guess i just you know thought he'd always be there like we very much always do we put our parents on this pedestal and they're going to be here forever. Um, you know, and his, his death made me realize really talking about the fragile nature of life. Right. And, and really learning to appreciate the time that we've been given. Um, and, you know, and something else that it really helped with was, you know, reflecting on the fact that, um, I still every single day apply the life lessons my father taught me. And my father was a very reserved man. I'm not sure where I got my huggy nature from, my emotional <laughs> nature. Uh, it wasn't was my parents, but, um, you know, it made me realize the fact, like applying those life lessons he taught me kind of made me realize that, you know, although I don't have kids myself, it wasn't in the cards for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and part of me had been like quite sad about that. Mm-hmm. Um but it made me realize his death made me realize that, you know, I can still have an impact on others, you know, through the kids that I work with, you know, through the cadets and, um, you know, through, you know, sharing life lessons with them, helping them grow, helping them develop, helping them develop courage, just like Mrs. Doran did for me all those many years ago. Right. And I'm still applying those life lessons that she taught me. Uh, she taught me many more life lessons than just that. Thank you, Mrs. Doran, if you're still around. Um, and, uh, you know, I can do the same thing. So it, it really helped me come to terms with with that, like not having children being in the cards, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's, at, at times it's, you know, you see a kid struggling and it takes courage to also 
approach the, the kids, right? And and talk to them um, and then help them develop their own courage. Uh, and I've seen so many kids over the years just blossom from, you know, shy, quiet kids who are dealing with mm -hmm. issues uh, to to really well-rounded adults, right? And they always thank us for it. No, no, kiddo, you did it yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what? Those, those two points that you just brought up, that they merge. And so it came to me and I wrote it down. You know, these turning points that we all have in life are not separate. They're not always yeah. separate. A, many yeah. of them are conjoined in their, because it's our life. And so these different yeah. pieces of different time periods in, in life that's why I think it's so powerful to reflect, you know, to still go back again. We say it all the time. Our past is our best mentor that we can go that. back and still pull out lessons here decades later of something that you've been through. And then also the other thing that came up in our own note down here um, as adults and even as kids, we can be better. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it was said, um, God, I, it's, her name's. Uh, Oprah's, um, I can't believe I forgot her name. Oprah's like, like second mom. Um, God, it's I don't know either. Oh, <laughs> I cannot believe it. Uh, but anyway, she said, hey, if you know better, do better. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and, uh, Angelo, oh my God. I'll get to it and I'm, I'm wasting too much time right now trying to come That's up with okay. it. Um, but we can do better. And so for that classmate of yours, from way back when to reach out. And I've heard of other people doing that. And I've done it too. And I think in some conversations with old friends, um, yep. apologizing for things that we did as youth, that we did as kids. Dr. Yep. Maya, Dr. Maya Angelou is Got the it. one who okay. said that. Um, if we know better, do better. So I think that was a great example too, that we also can reach back. Doesn't it be through Facebook? It could be a letter. It could be an email. It could be text. It could be face-to-face. -face. Yeah. So you know what? I started thinking about something that, man, I was a real jerk back then. I cannot believe I said and did those things to you. And you know what? All these years, it's bothered me. And I've carried that burden. And I've been beating myself up about it, too. So I've done damage to two people, at least. Yeah. And so that's just a great thing to, to share, uh, to get out there that we all can do. What a, what a great example uh, that is. Yeah. And I, you know, and that, that again, made me, what you just said, made me remember um, just kind of as a, as a segue, I actually did something like that. And I mean, my, the, the, the kind of the, one of the last areas that I want, I'll, I'll talk about after is, is as any listeners of your podcast know, I went through a life crisis and my marriage ended, but before I get into that, um, that experience actually made me realize, made me think about a past relationship in my twenties that I had left mm -hmm. and the way I ended that, that relationship. And I, you know, I kept thinking and thinking and thinking to myself that the way I had left that man was not kind. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's one day I'm, I'm driving down the road and I'm thinking about it. this popped into my head again. I pulled the car over into a gas station oh and I found him on Facebook and sent a Facebook message to him, just apologizing for the way I had left and that it wasn't fair to him. And John, that actually sparked a conversation of six months to a year back and forth, not every single day, right. but he he actually acknowledged that I had really hurt him 
right? And and that it it had had a lasting impact on him for a significant amount of time afterwards and in in relationships going forward. Mm. And so he and I had a bit of a conversation around that because I had then experienced something very similar when when my marriage ended uh, as the way I'd left him. And it it was hard. Like I, you know, you almost expect somebody to say, oh no, it's okay, I've moved on. But it, it was hard to hear that I had caused him so much pain. Mm. But yet it was the authenticity in which he spoke. And I think that's another thing is you talk about courage. Um, you know, when somebody apologizes to you for something, our typical response is, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Right. And that's fine for small things. But I've really started to to try to encourage with other people that that I mentor and work with as well as the youth. Don't just say that. Acknowledge the the apology, accept the apology, and also let them know how whatever they're apologizing for had an impact on you. And mm. that takes courage. The socially polite thing, especially up here in Canada, uh, to do is to just say, yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. So. Wow. That's a, that is amazing. I, I've got so many things crammed into my little notes here. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That, that talk about courage and you know, you pull the car over, find this guy, send him something. And then you have a great conversation from the standpoint of, yep. of acknowledging the hurt and acknowledging the, the fact that uh, both of you are better, you know, because of this, that is something yep. hopefully that leads someone, including myself to reach out to others throughout the years of our lifetime that maybe we've had misunderstandings with, we've had disagreements and arguments and I don't talk to them anymore, you know, uh, because yeah. as we've seen, I, I've seen two examples recently of people that I know um, uh, losing someone to an unexpected death that you just, you don't know, right. You don't know what's coming, yeah. but there's things that left unsaid and that's just a bunch of pain that you carry uh, the rest of your days. So to get rid of some of that pain, I think is, is huge. My God, this was fantastic. I, I started tearing up at some of that stuff that you were talking about. You and Trisha got me going um, <laughs> with, with some of the things that you bring up that just kind of hits me right here. It's just um, good, good, good stuff. And and you are a difference maker. The, the name of the group that you came up with is more than just a name. It is is what you do and live every day. Um, and yes, you you are making a difference with all the kids and all the people that you work with, Denise. So keep doing it. And, and you're making a difference with yourself, too. Um, so I really do appreciate you taking the time today uh, for this. I've got one more if you want to go one more. Sure. Let's do that. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's And I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, and I've, you know, talked about it on Jeff's pod, and I've talked about it on your pod that in 2018, you know, I got hit with a double crisis, my marriage ended unexpectedly, and I was diagnosed with anxiety. Um, and, and this is where I'm really speaking to your listeners, uh, in the fact that with anxiety, um, my doctor had suggested that diagnosis for several years, and I resisted it, even though I worked you know, and I was a medical, a mental health advocate, et cetera, I resisted it. And, mm. you know, accepting the illness uh, and learning about it really brought, it was a tr huge turning point. The, if, if I had to pinpoint any of these turning points in my life, this was it. Uh, you know, it really brought clarity about how leaving it untreated, I'd become somebody that I didn't like. I was judgmental. I was resentful. I was negative. Uh, and this was really impacting the way I interacted with other people. 
And I didn't want to be like that, but I didn't know how to change. Um, and then that diagnosis uh, of, you know, the, the illness really, you know, that, that brought me to therapy and the therapy lifted the cloud. And so, you know, it, it really helped me realize how I wanted to be in the world, you know, being in line with my values, like respecting other people, compassion, kindness, empathy. Uh, I had viewed those as weaknesses before, right? Uh, and they're not, they're strengths. And it takes Absolutely. courage to, to, to demonstrate those. And, you know, it really taught me how to communicate with other people and, and how to listen to other people. Um, you know, it was the therapy was a, a tough journey, but it was worth every moment. And what really helped was realizing that there are other people out there, right? You don't have to be embarrassed about a diagnosis of anxiety. And if, if, if you're, you're catching yourself and, and finding yourself being somebody who you don't want to be, talk to your doctor about it because it could be, it could be a mental health, uh, issue and therapy works, Right. So, um, what a, what a powerful way to end this one, because that, uh, what you just said, it squeezed in a couple extra spots that I had, um, the pain of not changing the pain of staying the same. Yep. Sometimes can push you over to change. In other words, whether it's a fear or, you know, you don't want to, the pain of changing sometimes is less than staying the same. And so you reach that point of you didn't like who you were becoming. I love that because I've been there too. I've definitely been there to where I don't like what I'm doing or I don't, you know, it's the insanity plea. I keep doing the same thing over and over again and I expect different results and it's not happening. No. You do get to a point and the courage to reach out because there is something better. You you can make a change. You can ask for help. Um, That is just so powerful. And especially in today's age, that's that, that was beautiful that you brought that up. And it links right into, I've got one of the quotes that you sent us here, one of John Maxwell's from Falling Forward, and this this will all end on this one here, you know, talking about, um, you know, grieving a loss, then forgiving people, including yourself if needed, and doing that will help you move on. Just think, today might be your day to turn the hurts of your past into a breakthrough for the future. Mm. That is beautiful and it's it is about forgiving other people but what's harder is forgiving yourself right forgiving yourself and you've got to do that and be kind to yourself so that that will help you move forward love that yeah just beautiful words thank you so much for sharing that with us john oh you're very welcome and thank you know what when i was thinking about something to do this i know there wasn't the as much time as I wanted to get all you guys lined up and to do this, it was really kind of compressed into a week here. Um, but I knew this was the group to bring this to. Yep. You know, because each of the four different chapters uh, from the four of you um, just offers different insights and different stories and different things that everybody can relate to. And uh, that is just so powerful. So thanks, Denise, for showing up, for helping me. Uh, for sharing, you know, going down the pathway. Like you said, it's been very good for you. It's been fantastic for me uh, to do these things with you guys and uh, love you guys. I'm so proud of you and so blessed to have you in my life. So thank you very much. You know what? I feel the same. I absolutely feel the same, John. Yeah, you guys are, you guys have had such a positive impact. Uh, You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon, Denise. Thanks everybody for, uh, for listening. And uh, there's so many things to probably digest and probably go back and listen to this one and the others a few times to get uh, the other insights 
uh, from the difference makers that I get to hang out with here. Uh, I'm just so proud of them and so proud of you guys for listening and uh, hanging in there with me through this journey of over 700 shows now. Um, keep sharing this message. Um, keep reaching out. Let me know how I can help. And uh, we look forward to uh, staying in touch. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Denise, again. Thanks very much for having me, John. See you later. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I appreciate you sharing this podcast with others, leaving a rating wherever you listen to it. That helps other people find it. And I appreciate your time always taking time to listen to my podcast wherever you may be. So once again, find me over on Facebook at coach to expect success over on Twitter at coach to success coach John Daly on Instagram and coach to expect success.com. There's the website. Check out the homepage. The book list is there. Reach out to me there on the homepage. You can send me a message, check out the blog as well. And again, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. All right. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk again soon. See you.